Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often they push themselves out of their comfort zones and took risks. We want to know about that decision point. Why did they make that decision? And most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abrachi Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior, and in it, we have a leadership model, CHARGE, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're beyond thrilled to have Ray Culver as our very special guest. Ray is a staffing industry veteran and certified contingent workforce professional with 26 years of experience in sales, sales strategy, and sales leadership. Serving as the Senior Vice President and Global Head of Growth at Talent Now, a contingent workforce solutions company, Ray oversees the go-to-market sales and growth strategy, assists in developing the product roadmap, and helps create and drive Talent Now's vision. Prior to joining Talent Now, Ray held leadership roles with Scout Exchange, Randstad, and Manpower Group, where he was instrumental in creating and leading national and global MSP sales channels. It's also where Carrie and I were had the pleasure of meeting Ray. Ray's involved with several multiple, or excuse me, multiple nonprofit organizations throughout Southern California and serves as a strategic advisor with several startups throughout the US. Ray, we are so honored to have you on our podcast. And we always like to start by asking what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Hey, Kelly, thanks for, for that intro. Uh, thank you very much. <clears throat> and the, the question, I think I have two as I was thinking about that question. When I want to expand and really uh, focus on learning something new, I go to travel and food. I know that that's probably a bit different than what you, you, you hear from some of your other guests. But two of the shows that I love to watch and really kind of it, demonstrate different cultures and, and, and food and just how we interact. One would be any of Anthony Bourdain's shows. Um, and then the second would be a show called Chef's Table. Um, again, it's all based around travel, food, experiencing cultures, really being put into situations where you get to learn all about a country and uh, the people and, and the food. So that's my answer. Different, but there's my answer. I love that, Ray. Welcome. What what about travel and food just kind of scratches that itch for you? What about it? Because some people don't want to travel. Yeah. Our son, we all know. Um, mm-hmm. But some people don't like that and they want to eat the same thing every day. So what is it about it that, that really just you're like, I got to watch these shows. I got to travel. I got to do things. Yeah. You know, pre, pre-COVID uh, with the, the different jobs and different organizations I've, I've been uh, with throughout my career, I've traveled a lot for work. So I think travel has become just a part of kind of who I am, like going into different, but if you travel uh, internationally, going into different, uh, again, countries and and seeing cultures and learning and meeting people, but also, I mean, traveling here within the U.S. from from a work perspective, 
you know, getting to spend time in the different cities and again, meet different people and, you know, experience different foods and see how those foods kind of help to shape uh, the, 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 the city that you're in. One thing, you know, as I was, again, getting ready for this conversation, the show, The Chef's Table, one of the chefs that was highlighted, she was actually, uh, she's in Savannah, and she actually opened a restaurant in the old Greyhound bus station and called the Grey Market. And she specifically kind of put the, the kitchen and stuff where um, the, the, the black folks would, would have to go. So, you know, back in the day, and so she specifically called that out in the show. That was amazing. I mean, it's incredible to get to see and see where she did this and how she's doing it. To me, that's just so powerful. Yes, that story. All right, Ray, I have two, I think, relatively easy questions and a hard question for you. Ready? Yep. What food or restaurant meal would you want like tomorrow that would be like, oh, I can't wait to have this food or restaurant meal? Like, what is it? What's that favorite one? You know, I love Tex-Mex. I love, uh, and it's funny because I know I lived in California for, for many years and California did not have great, and it sounds so funny, but queso. Uh-huh. It, just, it didn't happen. It wasn't there. And we searched high, low, and everywhere for it. So I love Tex-Mex. I love chips and queso and things like that. Oh. Like I can sit there and just o- overdo that. Well, you must be loving being in Dallas now. We are. That. We are. We are loving having access to queso every night if we want it. <laughs> now, the weight loss plan doesn't help when you're <laughs> eating queso every night. That's for sure. The yeah, older we get, yeah, it's not pretty. All right. One, I think easy. And then here comes the hard one. So what you traveled so much, what country is you haven't been to that you want to go to? Oh, gosh. Um, I would love to spend more time. I've never been to China. I think that okay. would be incredible. Mm. Um, I think that would really be incredible. Um, I think it would be incredible to experience and get to see uh, some of the cities in Russia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've had the, the, the incredible opportunity to spend a good bit of time in Japan and in Australia, New Zealand. So I've gone to kind of some of the far points mm-hmm. um, and that's been amazing and gotten to do some really cool things. Um but yeah, I think China and Russia would be, that'd be pretty cool. Ooh, I'll go with you, Ray. Yeah, right. I'll go with. Pack it up. It'll be, it'll be fun. Uh, okay. So now here comes maybe the harder question. What I love to ask for travelers, because when you travel, you're such outside of yourself in your own country. So what did you learn or what are you continuing to learn about yourself and America as you traveled? Because you have an outside perspective then. <laughs> So what have you, what are some of those learnings that you've had about our country and yourself? Oh, tricky one. It's, I like surprising our guests with these questions. They're only prepared for three, by the way. And then I add like 15 more that uh, they have to think on their feet. So what do you, what do you say, Ray? You know, I think uh, from a traveling perspective, I think that it, when you go into uh, another country and you go into a different culture, you know, so many times I've, I've seen and personally experienced this where fellow travelers uh, from our country, we'll say, goes into a country and, and they, you know, you only speak English and you don't try to really understand the culture and you don't try to, to fit in because you're the visitor. Mm-hmm. And I think that is um, that's something that I try very hard to do. And my, my husband, Sean, we really try hard to if we're going to 
<clears throat> another country to understand the culture, to understand at least, you know, niceties within their language, to understand, you know, to, to have an app with us that we can t- to try and, and, and talk with them. Because, um, again, we're a visitor in their country. And I think that is so important to, to really understand that, respect that, and, and to appreciate the fact that you're there visiting them. Mm-hmm. So what what have you, though, seen? What have been in other countries have you learned about either yourself and your cultural values in, Amer- in being an American? Because I know, like, sometimes, like, when I've traveled, you see, you're like, wow, we really are so independent-minded, right? We're not very community-based. Like, and it's such a smack in the face sometimes when you go, that's a big one. Then sometimes I go to countries and I'm like, my God, you only have like two kinds of potato chips and we have like 1700 kinds of potato chips. (laughs) Um, What, what are some of those like aha moments you've had about our kind of cultural programming in the States versus some of the other countries? that I think when, when I was in Japan and I was over there and I was actually with a, a Japanese company, um, so the parent company was based in Kyoto. And so just getting to experience kind of the, the, the work ethic and, the, you know, how, how people really, you know, it, you, you took so much pride in, in, in what you do and you took so much pride in uh, how you did it and that type of thing. And I think over the years, the work ethic uh, from what I've seen, especially in my industry, has, has changed a good bit. I'm not necessarily for the better. Um, so I, I, I think that's very important. Uh, and that was exciting to see in Japan mm-hmm. from a food perspective. I agree. I mean, like, again, going back to Japan, when you can get like a, a rock and meal out of a vending machine, <laughs> that's like a way of life. That is so cool that you can get almost gourmet food out of this vending machine. And you're like, this is awesome. Why aren't we doing that? Right? Why aren't we doing that? That's so cool. Yeah. The vending machine, the vending machine game in other countries are really impressive compared to our poor, poor vending machine games. Um, I know, I know. I was just telling, I was just telling Kelly, I think the other day that when I was in London, they had the most beautiful, in every tube stop, there was the most beautiful Cadbury chocolate vending machine. And I would, honest to God, gain like 10 pounds if I lived in London, because every time I took the tube, I'd be like, I got to get a chocolate bar. It's right there. Well, and even, I mean, and, and, and I know we'll, we'll get to the, 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 the next couple of questions, I'm sure, but <laughs> eventually, Ray, when, like, hey, when you're in Paris and just, you know, it's a beautiful afternoon and you go in and you get like a baguette and like some cheese and you just, I mean, it's, it's just such a simple type of pleasure where you're just sitting there and it's beautiful outside. And, you know, it's just, it's a different kind of a different way of life than a lot of times we experience here. Well, I think, Ray, our next podcast should be Traveling with Ray and Carrie. That will be the next one. And we'll just talk about the food and vending machines and lessons learned. It'll be fun. I like it. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll plan that right after this. Okay. But first, the big question that we always ask, what decision did you make that changed the trajectory of your life? And what of those charged qualities did you use to help you make that decision? You know, I think as I was getting ready for, for this conversation, I really had to think back and think, okay, because there was, you know, when, when we think back in our journeys, there's there's probably a couple different things that each of us could choose. But for me, it was really the the, the decision to, to come out when I was 18 years old. So um, coming out to my mother and coming out as, as a gay man, uh, I think was 
uh, a big decision to, to make to, again, come out and be outward about it. Um, yeah, I think that was, that, that was a huge thing that changed the trajectory of my life. From a charge quality uh, perspective, I think courage was probably the, the biggest one. Um, as I look through, you know, some of the other ones, exemplary, I think <clears throat> it's wound up as I've grown in both my person as well as my career. I think that's kind of manifested itself uh, in, in being an example to my teams, being an example from a leadership perspective to, you know, be very respectful of, of everyone, where they come from, be respectful of their journey, be respectful of, you know, you're making sure that everybody on your team understands that, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're there for them and to support them. What, um, thank you for sharing. You know, I have more questions and we, we did. Breath now, Cause I think that's the first time I've really said that outwardly. Wow. Uh, yeah. so talk about courage and still building on courage. There you go. That, that you still, so when you go all the way back, well, that sounded rude, right? All the way back when you were 18, <laughs> just a few short, that was, I meant it as a storyline, but like all the way back. Um, so talk to us about what type of courage, not what type of courage, but when you were getting ready or was it more of a, I just got to do it in a surprise or did you kind of plan on it? And how did you kind of rally all the resources that you need because coming out stories are really, I mean, of course, very personal, but can be extremely difficult for many, for many um, LGBTQIA people. Yeah, I think, you know, my, uh, I, I definitely, there are some coming out stories that you hear and it just, it really, it, 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 they're extremely emotional and extremely difficult, and extremely almost like take you to your knees type of, you know, how did you, how did you, how did you do that? Yeah. Um, I was not near to that level. Um, at least thinking back on now, back in the day, I probably thought it was, but you know, I was definitely was not in a situation uh, where, where it was that dr- dramatic for me personally. Um, I remember telling my sister uh, I was going to come home from college and that I, I had to have lunch with her. <laughs> so, you know, that was pretty uh, unique for me to push my sister to actually meet me somewhere for lunch. So when we actually met, she's, you know, and I told her, I'm going to, you know, I, I want to, I need to tell you something. And I told her and she was like, so, you know, she, there was no surprise. She's like, okay, I thought you were coming home to like, tell me that you had done something really, really bad. <laughs> um, and I remember telling her, you know, just don't tell mother yeah. and her looking at me saying that's all yours. Like, don't worry about me telling her. I would not go anywhere near that with the 10 foot pole. That's, that's all on you. Enjoy. That's your, that's your journey. Yeah. Um, so I think that was when I told my sister and there was not that much of a response there. That was kind of a, you, you kind of take a breath. Yeah. Um, I think when I told my mother and, you know, when she told me that, she would love me no matter what. And she oh. had unconditional love. Oh. I think that was, you know, that was kind of the, the start of the journey. I mean, that was the start of saying, you know what, I have the acceptance of uh, an incredible family. I have the acceptance of incredible friends. And, you know, now how am I going to go out and kind of make my way in the world and, and help to kind of shape uh, what I would be. So, and nothing, you know, really overly dramatic, but for me, that was kind of me living my truth. 
Yeah. And and you said overly dramatic. And yes, everyone has like different stories and some people get kicked out of the house. And I mean, there, there's some, those kind of dramatic things, but I think no matter what, it still was really dramatic because what you're doing and what we can talk about is how it, you evolved then as a leader is like you said, you were your true self. And some people, regardless of their orientation, aren't their true selves. So I can be heterosexual, but still not my true self. And I right. still am masking something. I'm still not living this kind of more authentic life. And for you, you did it at such a young age where then you know what that's like to be in balance and be yourself and not hide. And I think it so impacts, there's no way it couldn't impact the way you are as a leader and how you've, how you've then impacted people as a leader. Like you said, I'm respectful of their journeys. I'm able to understand if they're struggling with something. I mean, your empathy must be off the charts um, because of what you went through. Yeah. I, you know, I, again, I, and again, I bring Sean's name up, Sean, my husband, you know, he and I talk about this a lot, just given what we do within the community and just our friend base and things like that. But, you know, I think it is so important for everyone to, to just be supportive of everybody, you know, wherever they are in their journey. And it's not just particularly LGBTQ. It's, I mean, anyone, mm-hmm. you know, you never know what someone is going through. Yes. So, you know, just give them, give them the runway to, if they want to open up to allow them to open up, if they don't, you know, that's fine, but just be there for them and be supportive. Uh, I think that the world would be a much better place in my opinion, if we took that path and we were there, you know, for each other and we asked, you know, how, how can I help you? How can, you know, what can I do for you today? Um, we would be in a better place. My yeah. And we, we've talked about with, with some of our other guests that part of, you don't know what people are going through. Like you just don't. And to your point of, because you were on a journey and you had a, a moment where, you know, you told your sister and your mom and, and that changes, changes your perspective and changes your life. And you don't, like I said, especially now with COVID, you don't know what's going on behind the zoom screen. You don't know all the drama that's going on um, with their children or their spouses or their sisters and brothers. Um, so how can we respect of that journey journey? So as a leader then, right? So I'm thinking there's something about people who have kind of, they've, they've come out, they've reconciled their, their true, their true self, right? So they, they, they don't have a, a fake self that they have to put out there all the time. Right. Um, so you can be more authentic. How do you think, and did you, could you always be authentic in, in business or did you have to kind of mask that sometimes? And how do you think that then impacted, you talked about respectful of journey, but that authentic nature, how did that impact your leadership style with other people? Yeah. You know, I think I, I am the first to, to, to realize again, that I am a white male who, you know, I did not, my, my coming out journey was, was not as near as difficult as let's say, you know, some of the, the transgendered youth and things mm. like that. Yes. People who, so people who truly, you know, they're, they, they want to live their, their truth and be themselves and that type of thing. And there's a lot more kind of headwinds that they're having to go through. Um, but I do think just, you know, being true to, to, to yourself, I think that it, uh, it's helped me to, not only in all of my personal relationships, but also in the work relationship to, to really 
uh, again, to, to, to take each of my team members, someone who's reporting into my organization and to really understand, you know, what, what makes this person tick, you know what I mean? Like what, where, where are they? Like what's going on within them and to ask the questions and also to be okay with giving them, uh, again, go back to kind of the runway to give them the runway to, to, you know, if, if you don't want to talk about it, that's fine, but just know from a leadership perspective that I'm here to support in, in whatever decision you, know, you make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ray. What um, advice do you have for other people, for actions um, that they can take when they're hitting this crossroads of either coming out or making a big decision in their life that really changes the way people might view them? Yeah, you know, I would say just really be true to, to who you are. And I know in many situations that's easier said than done. Yeah. Um, but really surround yourself with, with, with people or with, with groups, uh, with support groups, that type of thing who are going to kind of lift you up and help you to, to, to make that decision or help you kind of to come out if that's, if that's your truth. Um, you know, there are a lot of support organizations out there. It doesn't have to be family. You know I mean? It could be kind of just chosen family type of thing, um, who, who help you in that journey. Uh, I would also say, you know, from a leadership perspective, and I think this goes for both leaders within the corporate setting, but also family members, you know, be open minded and just be, be, be open to receiving, you know, information that someone wants to, to give you. Because going back to you never know what what someone's going through and you never know, you know, what what conversations they want to have with you. And if you're closed off. If you, if they're not able to approach you, then you might never have the the good fortune of having that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, lastly, the, the big thing again for me, you know, as a parent, which I'm not a parent, so let me state that. But as a parent, uh, I got to see this firsthand with my mother. Just really, you know, love love your kids for who they are. Be proud of them. You know, practice and preach unconditional love. You know, I mean, really love your sons or your daughters for, for who they are and let them be themselves and support them in being themselves. Um, again, it'll make the world a better place. Mm. Well, we joked earlier, Ray, that you're like, Oh, I won't make you cry tears and eyes. So damn you, Ray Culver. Um, and because I wanted to say before you even mentioned your mom, when you said, don't be closed off and be open-minded. And I, I, I wrote myself a little note and I just put mom, and where like you're because you're like you have to be unconditional and love your mom like um, showed that to you by your coming out story and so it was just such a part of you and the way I would assume you were raised if she was so open to, with your with your story at eighteen am I correct in that is that a good assumption Yeah, it's, it's a very good assumption and you know going back to going back to that eighteen year old uh, self that was one of the big fears was, you know, we were growing up raised, you know, in a way where coming out as, as a, a gay youth might not or youth 18, I don't know if that's youth or not, but as a young man, that might not have really landed very well um, with just the, the, the raising in the church and things like that. So that was a big fear. And so again, to have, you know, mother kind of be like, you know what, it doesn't matter. You know, I love you no matter what, there's nothing you could do that I would not love you because you are my son. 
that was so powerful. And that really helped me to really look at the world and grow up thinking, you know what, you know, that's that you have to take that stance, you know, just support people, um, be open to people, have empathy for people, you know, understand and and do anything you can to kind of make your community a better place and and just the world a better place. That's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking when you said that, how, different our conversation would have been if you said, and I came out when I was 18 and I said it to my mom and my mom kicked me out of the house. doesn't have unconditional love and how different your leadership style would be if you were able to find a job after that for a while, right? Um, and, And not be as successful perhaps because you didn't witness that and you didn't have that in your life and how important that she is in your, in your life. I she is mother, and it's funny. My mother uh, was in the same industry that that I'm in from a recruiting staffing perspective. So I kind of grew up knowing that. And you know, everyone would ask me, you know, who, where did you get your worth ethic? Where did you get this? Where did you get that? And I always point directly back to to my mother. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I am. She, she's an amazing lady for sure. Oh, well, I love because we talk a lot about your network. So I, I don't want to forget the first thing you said is that network, the group, your chosen family, um, which we talk about a lot that sometimes your family might not be the most supportive. Yours was, but some of us don't have that. And right. so who are your chosen family? What is your network? Who is going to help you? We all need mentors. I was just talking to my husband last night who is old. I like to say that. Um, and, but he, we were talking about how he finally feels like he had a mentor to help him with something. And this is at 50 years old. And he was like, I feel like I have have a mentor. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so lovely. So that network in that group, and then that open-minded and that unconditional love, I could keep going, but I'll cry. So I'll give it to someone who never cries. Kelly Gunther. That's so funny because Gunther always, she cries more than me. <laughs> I do. It is, it is a known fact. Uh, one I'm really proud of because I, I don't mind crying. Um, and I think what I love so much about your story, Ray, is how just gentle, kind, and warm you are. I When I first met you, I think it was in 2012. And I we were at a sales meeting and so many of those people I know we still are connected with today. And, you know, you would ask me, tell me a little bit about yourself, Kelly. And so I told you like where I'm from and all that good stuff. And you said, what did you like about growing up there? What didn't you like? So you, you just were such a, you, you sought relationships on a deeper level than just the normal everyday questions. And so what I love so much about you is how approachable you are, how you make yourself available and open. It's one thing to say, okay, I'm going to be supportive of somebody, but it's another to be able to make yourself available and approachable to that person to where they feel like they can come to you. Um, so I just love that you bring that to every conversation that we've ever had, certainly. Um, and, you know, in the relationships that you have, I'm sure that that is something that is a constant and people would say, yeah, that's exactly right. That is who he is. That is what he's about is having a deeper connection and really looking to get beyond just the granular day-to-day nuances of, of what you know about somebody. So I so appreciate that you bring that to the conversation. Thank, thank you for that. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if there are there, um, is there a recommendation you have for someone who who is looking for a, a resource? I know you mentioned that there's quite a few resources out there. Is there one that you feel that 
above the rest would be a great resource for someone who is struggling with maybe coming out or looking for supportive resources? Is there anything that you would recommend people look at? Yeah, I would say, you know, typically within your communities, there are going to be LGBTQ uh, organizations who are, who are supportive. I, you know, I, whoever gets to listen to, to, to this podcast, you know, I would be more than happy if, if you have questions or if you need help finding a resource, I am more than happy to, you know, shoot me a direct message or a private message or whatever it's called on LinkedIn or wherever the social media is. Um, more than happy to, to try and help you find a resource, you know, to, to, to reach out to. So, you know, I was very fortunate. I had a great experience that helped to make me who I am. I'm very proud of who I am. Uh, and, and I would, you know, be more than happy to help anybody who was really wanting to, to experience that and kind of go down the path. Thank you, Ray. And we'll be sure to include all of Ray's contact information in um, our show notes to make it easier for people to, to make that connection. Um, and again, Ray, thank you so incredibly much for um, sharing your words of wisdom and, and most importantly, being supportive of everyone on their journey. To me, that is something that I can do a better job of. Um, I know sometimes it's it's easier said than done, um, but that for me really resonated um, in our conversation today. And so thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast, sharing your incredibly you know, brave story, even though it may not have had the drama of, of you know, what we may have heard from other coming out stories, it was unique to you. And it is something that's, that is important. And I'm so glad and I'm so glad that you felt comfortable to share that with us. It, it just means everything to us, Ray. Thank you and Carrie for having me on the show. This was fun. Yay, yay. We enjoyed it too. So if you would like to connect with Ray, feel free to do so on LinkedIn at Ray Culver. And we'll, again, we'll make sure to have all of that, all of his contact information in our show notes for easy access. Again, thank you, Ray, so much for being on our podcast and sharing your story. We're grateful to have had you on. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abrachi Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR, and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.